0: This is Coda Radio, episode 542 for October 30th, 2024. Well, hello there, savvy consumer, and welcome in to Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and the business of software development and the world of technology. Yes, I'm a series podcaster. My name is Chris, and joining me
1: is our very own Florida man, our host mr dominic hello mike hang on i gotta get this snake off my neck okay okay sal good hey hey, probably snakes better than a gator right uh no 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 the the, okay the gators come on they're just we call them swamp puppies they're just little guys that's all they'll want to eat you and your babies mostly the babies yeah well what did i say about doing your homework
0: Never do your homework because the Gator ate it? I mean, I figured that's the go-to Florida excuse. The Gator ate my homework.
1: That's exactly what I would <laughs> Every teacher in Florida is like, all right, all right, Timmy, but you only get 15 of these a year now, so use them wisely. I just, I picture life in Florida
0: as like a constant rolling of the dice. Like you order food with DoorDash and maybe it shows up. Maybe the Gator eats it. You know, you order an Amazon package. Maybe
1: your hard drive shows up. Maybe the Gator comes up on your porch and eats it. That's what I picture life in Florida like. So so, it's more so. There's two things that happen. You order an Amazon package, and maybe there's a Black Widow, literal Black Widow spider. Not not Scarlet. If Scarlett Johansson was in one of my Amazon packages, I would probably be in Florida right now. I would be. I, I would be so happy. I would instantly die of a heart attack. So, I guess that's really anticlimactic and disappointing. But no, these are the we will kill you Black Widows. Uh, they're all over the place. They love you, and that they want you to die. And uh, you just get used to them. I, like I literally had one on my arm and didn't notice. So that happens. Stop it. Stop Straight it. Straight up it. all the time. I would never never ever get used to that. One thing you want to know about Florida? The Cubans have the right idea, smoke cigars. Or at least have one outlet cuz the more poisonous insects don't like the smoke, right? Hmm. So maybe I should start practicing that here so when I visit I got that down. Well, and then you can wear a silk shirt and a fedora and yeah. like I do and be like Como estás? Que tal? Literally, what I do. I, you know what,
0: that would look. You know, there's not a lot of warm
1: weather clothing that looks good on me. Mm. You know, but that I think I could pull off. Well, we're all we're all we're all heavy set here. We've all got the uh, yeah. So down here, it's it, it's it, if you're on the uh, Atlantic coast, it's more of yeah. a tequila valley. But if you're here on the west coast with me, mean, it's definitely a beer bourbon. Yes, yeah. Basically, it's more the South on this side and more Miami slash Cuba. It's funny. I I thought it was a. Uh, I sat on my butt all day, Belly. It, well, there's a lot of that, right? Yeah. the other thing is if you're my Amazon delivery guy, you always deliver my packages to my neighbor who happens to be a family from Germany, and you always deliver their packages to me.
0: I, I, uh, so the Strudel. studio is a duplex house. Mm. It's a house that we've converted into a studio. So it has mostly house parts. And the outside, it looks like a house. And there is a duplicate reverse version on my neighbor's side. And um I've been here for about 15 years, so I've seen three or four or five different neighbors come and go. But these ones I don't I don't think they like me. And uh so they're not, they're not big like how you doing? Good morning. And eye contactors. Bye and me. Hmm. I got stuff to do. But that little tidy arrangement we've had for a couple of years is awkward when the Amazon guy has just come and then we have to do the walk where we inevitably bump into each other yep and i'm fine i'm good but they're not like they they like oh they don't like it at all so it gets very awkward every time we have to exchange packages (laughs) and i'm not hard to talk to i'm really just i'm just like hey thanks man appreciate it nope
1: that Mm. oh no (laughs) no it's that way with my german neighbors they're they're very like they keep to themselves yeah uh and and this is not like a World War two movie. It's actually super common to have European neighbors here because of uh big Dill a lot of like uh foreign military stuff like that live here but it's uh like this dude he's he seems super cool but he hates when his packages are misdelivered like I mean, some of our German listeners can tell us is this just like a they hate the inefficiency part of it and it's, he's just offended by the level of suck? Or is this like, don't knock on my door because I'm German? Panzer tank to the face. There's a lot of package anxiety these days.
0: A lot of package anxiety.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't steal anybody's package unless, of course, it's... Oh! Next subject. Mm, so,
0: remember we were just talking about the big old trifecta announcement from NVIDIA, Qualcomm,er and uh, Microsoft that they were going to build the ultimate ARM machine to run Windows. Well, listener Joe wrote in regarding that announcement, and he says, I think it's just a bit of smoke being blown. NVIDIA has a Jetson line of ARM-powered boards that are ready for AI, quote-unquote, but they're really for appliances or maybe robotics enablement. NVIDIA, as I understand, has two kinds of AI products. The big one is AI compute, you know, crunching the algorithms, and the other is AI operation running and executing AI capabilities. My guess is that the Jetson line, which thus far is really just for old Ubuntu systems with a custom kernel, is being tapped to now run Windows. That would mm. make the most sense and why that would also explain the AI angle that the PR people are throwing around. Just my two cents, thanks for the show. That's not very exciting, you know, I but that would that would nail it. Um, you know, I was at Linux Fest Northwest a couple of weekends ago and uh, some of the members of the Fedora project that are porting Fedora to the M1 and M2 max, they said something interesting to me that I think I was hoping maybe this NVIDIA device would be for windows. And they said they're running into bugs simply because this hardware is so much faster that there's race conditions and other things that are occurring that just simply were never a problem on the slower single board computer ARM systems where we have a lot of ARM experience. On, even the servers are kind of, you know, compared to some of these MacBooks now are kind of slow. And so when you run it on like really fast I.O. with really fast RAM and a fast CPU and a fast GPU and a fast network interface, you start to discover bugs in this code that are not necessarily related to the M platform. They're ARM bugs but only being discovered on the M platform. And I was kind of hoping this, like, NVIDIA, Qualcomm, Microsoft, you know, three-way would be at least productive in producing a very high-performance ARM Windows laptop that, A, would be great for, you know, moving the Windows ARM platform forward. But selfishly, I would love to see Linux developers have another really fast ARM platform to use that isn't the Mac platform.
1: So how are you handling this disappointment emotionally? I, rough, you know. Um I,
0: I I cried a bit this morning, mm. but I'm better now. No, I mean, for me, it was never going to be a product I was going to buy. But you were right, I think. And Joe's now popped my bubble. I think you and Joe are in more of the same line of thinking on this one. We're hardened cynics. It's all we have. Yeah, have. I think you're probably right, though. But you see what I'm saying is right now, if you wanted to, say, get an ARM Linux workstation that had good battery life and you could get, like, a portable laptop, or something like the Mac Studio. There's nothing really out there that I'm aware of at any scale that isn't Apple hardware,
1: right? You've basically described the Mac Studio. So
0: yeah, yeah. right. And so that's, but that's such a um, expensive, you know, a Mac version. Well, that, and it's a Mac version of the ARM platform. Wouldn't it be something if we had kind of like a PC version? You know, what I mean by that is you have a motherboard. PCI slots or something like that or SATA ports and it's – you have – maybe it has secure boot, but you can also load your own operating system very easily. Like it's, it's more open and more modular like the x86 platform is today. Uh,
1: okay, man. Put the pipe down.
0: Like it's – it's. <sighs> but how can we ever have serious serious ARM systems if we don't have that kind of extensibility we have with x86 today and the PC BIOS platform?
1: We see this right And except for like the super high end. These devices are becoming more like appliances and the way you solve the problem of needing a uh, upgrade or an extensible platform is you buy the next version. It's terrible. Oh, man, you you are just cynic, I but I can't
0: argue with you. Can't argue with you. I, here's the thing Here's This is just a throwaway thing, but I got these old. Machines that we custom built back in, like, 2016, 2017, something like that. Stay a while and listen. Yeah, I know, right? I am getting very old man here. Stay a while and listen. And we're just recording audio on these machines. And the requirements to do audio recording haven't really changed much since we built these computers. But they were starting to degrade, get old, run hot. And over the last week, while Jeff was up here, he took them down to, like, the bolts. And cleaned them, you know, redid all the thermal paste, cleaned all the fans, reassembled them, and put it all back together like they're brand new. And now their temperatures have dropped, their noise has dropped, and they're working great. They're fantastic, and I don't need to replace them. They're perfectly capable of doing the job. That is just completely not an option on the arm. There's nothing in the arm world like that right now. Where you can take out the GPU and completely disassemble it and reassemble it, or put a different GPU in to just slightly boost that, but keep the base CPU. And uh, I, I mean, when I just look at it from, I'm trying to build something that's for work and not a a toy. These are like this table stakes that the industry's come to expect.
1: Okay. I don't know. I just thought
0: if it, nobody's going to get if just there's nobody working
1: on that. It feels like so. I had ChatGPT just generate for me. Yes, I did it in real time. A Tolkien poem about quote the old world. Okay. <laughs> and Chris, I, I think J.R.R. Tolkien or plus ChatGPT's basically got you. Yeah. It, it's a little sad, and uh, honestly, replace trees with and forest and misty moors with CPUs, GPUs, and expandable hardware. And this is you, man. You you have become a legendary British author. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Coder. They're looking to hire talented remote workers, and I think they could be a good fit for you. In fact, recent surveys have suggested that nearly 80% of developers are considering alternative work, and many of them are considering remote work. Now, if you're a listener to this show, you might appreciate Matt's story. He's the lead over at Alderaan Games, and he's been a listener to this show since his 9 to 5. A while ago, he decided to go set off and do his own thing like a maniac. I guess somehow inspired by our show. I don't know how. You'd think, if anything, it's a cautionary tale. Uh, but he's, he's seen success and he's seen growth and he's been finding some, some you know, trouble, I would say, hiring the right people and good people. And I think it hit him probably listening to the show, you know, and just our intellect, our immense intellect it probably just washed over him. And he realized I should reach out to the Kota radio audience. Perhaps they, like me, are looking for great remote work. So this is where they're at now. They're their own self-publishing game studio, totally in the spirit of how JB does stuff. There's nobody above them, nobody below them. They get to focus on the game, the content, and they're looking to hire multiple positions. Go see the available spots at Coder. Even if your job isn't necessarily listed there, but you maybe think it could be an asset to the game, to the company, to some of their projects, reach out anyway. Uh, Matt made a note to say, yeah, I'd still like to hear from them. They're looking to hire Linux QA folks as well, so go brush up your GitHub profile and then visit Games slash coder, perhaps just reach out even if they don't have the specific job there, and start maybe a new journey into a fantastic remote job. Games slash coder. They're looking to hire. Well, can you believe the absolute crap show that is the Sam Bankman-Fried trial and how pathetic his defense has been so far i mean it's blow after blow
1: not only do i believe it i am just wallowing in it i am like a pig in some gator dung just rolling around i mean who let this dude on the stand are you crazy he is literally his only defense he's his worst enemy though
0: the prosecution has built like this bench of co-workers and co-owners and you know Close people, girlfriends, right? Uh, All, all who have testified against him consistently with consistent stories saying that he's the mastermind. And then the defense that Sam has is, well, we'll put Sam on there because there's nobody else that will testify in his defense.
1: Well, I guess you know, the Verge had a great headline. I'm, I'm trying to look it up real fast. Oh, yeah. So in the end, the FTX trial was really about the friends we screwed along the way because this guy screwed over his girlfriend, screwed over his like childhood math friends, screwed over all his friends from later in life. And he just, I mean, I guess by the Zuckerberg benchmark of how many of your friends from college have sued you, he's doing fantastic. But I don't know, man. I, I've been following it pretty closely. I feel like a good lawyer would have simply slipped him some roofie into his like tea or whatever, and knocked his ass out before he was going to testify. Because he, yeah, it's he's damaging himself. He, he's, now, he's the only uh, witness that gets told
0: to shut up. I mean, he's testifying right now yeah. uh, again for the second time as we record. So I checked in just a little bit before we started to see how it's going, and the take is that he's speaking much slower. And that he was clearly prepped over the weekend to try to do a better job today. But the work that he did in his previous testimony was pretty damning. And essentially, just to paraphrase this for everybody, he's using the dummy defense. Uh, He's saying he didn't know that customer funds were being used to, say, buy the naming rights for a stadium. He just thought it was the profits because as the CEO, he was so detached from income and expenses that he thought they had the profits to go buy a studio or a stadium. And just assumed it was from there and didn't realize they were using customer funds.
1: Didn't realize when he's moving
0: these things around those were customer
1: well, funds. This is actually a classic defense though. It goes back to sixteenth century England. It's the I'm a math genius, but also a complete moron defense. Yes. It's I'm I can do algebra but not addition or subtraction defense. With a twist of I had lawyers sign off on this. I you know I'm not gonna let this go, right? This has been my hobby horse. Notice the haircut? Did you did you notice the haircut? You mean that he has you mean his hair is not as wild anymore? Like the anymore? biblical Samson. After Caroline yeah. testified, that shit was cut off. I mean, it's – this guy yeah. might actually be the second coming. I'm starting to actually believe his crap because it's so perfect. He He doesn't know what he's doing. He's on trial, and he's obviously getting convicted. I mean, unless the judge gets bribed, which that never happens.
0: When you got a bench of people testifying that are consistent that Sam was the mastermind, and then you got Sam up there bumbling, saying he didn't know, he's playing the dummy card. Shut up! Right? Yeah. The yeah. But the playing this dummy card could actually just come off as manipulation to the jury. Like they could see them. They could see that as him trying to manipulate them, and it could backfire. Also, if you keep saying, if you keep saying, my lawyer advised me to do this. My lawyer advised me to do this. You're at risk at blowing up your lawyer attorney-client privilege. Yes, attorney-client privilege that you have with your lawyer.
1: So yeah, yeah. so he's got to you know he's walking a real fine line. It's 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 a wild defense. So children, something my daddy taught me back in the day. I don't know why I did that in the voice of Hannibal Lecter, but I'm going to keep going with it. It sounds good. I thought you were almost getting to Frank. You know, if you kept if you kept a little, you know, you get a little bit. Mm -hmm. A little more southern, you mean a little more like yeah. this. Listen, buddy, you never lie to your pastor. You never lie to your lawyer. Except I'm Catholic, so you never lie to your priest. Because you, you know what? You can you tell go. them you killed the queen of England. And they can't do <laughs> There you go. That's, uh, that's me and Frank, uh, I forgot it, Abingdale?
0: Wow, I can't believe I forgot it, too. Mm.
1: All I know is that show sucked when he, when, uh, uh, James, oh my god, what's his name? Yeah, it went downhill.
0: That was the that was the remember that House of Cards was really when House of Cards landed Netflix was
1: blowing up I, I like the one where I never mind but let me tell you Frank would never have let Sam on the stand in a, he would have had him abducted instead of letting him I mean this is so bad and then it's like so were you a tech company I don't know and, and did you did you hear the Michael Lewis interview with uh uh I think it's one of the Vox proper. I get so confused. Everybody bought each other and now I'm like lost. But yeah, no, I don't think uh, I did hear it though. Michael Lewis listened to the testimony and they got him right outside. Michael Lewis is the guy who wrote the book on Sam Bankman Fried, And it's kind of been a, a sympathizer. And just let's say he's like, I don't understand. And the woman interviewing him and I apologize. I just don't remember her name, but I listen to all her stuff. I feel bad. I uh, was like, well, Michael, couldn't he have just, you were in the trading industry for a long time. Couldn't he have just like closed up Alameda? He's like, Yeah. That would have made sense.
0: Also, I don't know if you caught this, but the, the discussion of, so why did we name it Alameda Research? And yes. their answer was essentially, well, it was better than wireless mouse. We were just trying to come up with something that didn't sound like a crypto company, so that way the banks would take us seriously, which is almost admission to bank fraud because you're admitting that you knew the banks wouldn't take you if you were really clear about what your business was, so you were
1: kind of deceptive about your business
0: that one right like you know what
1: there's a yeah there's there's, a line there because you also want to have a company name that sounds serious so there's kind of want to fit in at the party you're trying to target and he was a crypto company for sure but you know what he really wanted to target those banks and traditional capital investors so i you know i kind of well he just knew how to play every audience and i think that ego because that's what's made mm. him successful has led him to take the stand so so the michael lewis thing is is just jumping back because it's related to that it's super interesting because Michael Lewis ended up sheepishly saying in this interview, he, I, he guesses, he's like, I guess, well, and he stammers. He's, I think it's because being a hotshot trader and the smartest guy in the room was so important to him that he couldn't admit that the boring company of just being an exchange was doing well and that he was losing as a trader. And honestly, if you know your Greek tragedies, all, all falls that start with hubris, right? That's hubris. He couldn't admit defeat. So he, I absolutely, buy I absolutely, that. and you know what, and it's funny. You, you, I encourage everybody to listen to the Michael Lewis interview because he he sounds like a sad dad talking about like his son's horrible situation, because obviously Mr. Lewis is much older, and being like he just couldn't let go. And it's true. Had he just admitted defeat on Alameda, he would have had a, a profitable yet boring crypto exchange. Yeah, he's too much of um psychopath. Well, he, he needed the rush. He's a gambler. If you, if you, you got to read the Michael Lewis book. He, this guy, I mean, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. This is like just a gambling addict who got, uh, really, really lucky for a while, right? Like,
0: yeah. He does seem to be addicted to several things. So I could buy that. Bad hygiene.
1: <laughs> I hate the hair.
0: It is definitely a Greek tragedy. Uh, it definitely has, uh, and, you know, there's so many elements to this, the, the fact that they were all sleeping together in that penthouse. Um, oh,
1: Socrates, what are you doing? Nothing, Plato.
0: We've talked about, you know, their political influences, um, which also rings true to this overall story. And then the one that the one that the thing that still sits with me in the end that I feel like is truly dirty and will never have clarity on is Sam Bankman Freed held multiple off-the-books, off-the-calendar-but-on-the-books records with the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler. Uh, And I'd like to know what that was about. He was also actively involved in drafting crypto legislation that his paid-for politicians were about to ram through.
1: What what do you mean? That's just Corruption Tuesday. That's fine. That's normal. I don't –
0: you see, there is a story of enablement here that goes beyond just the VCs.
1: True. I also blame Todd Brady.
0: And I guess what i what i well isn't that funny? there is a bit of like the brand endorsements that it, that came along with it too. All of these tools and all of this systemic corruption remains taking Sam and f t x and alameda out of play changes nothing about the environment that enabled it and the individuals that specifically enabled it. All of that's still in play Oh, and but hasn't it always been in play? I mean if it wasn't crypto, it would be. You know, AI or well, it's probably you know it's probably happening at so many scale at, scale,
1: at so many places. We just don't even know because it's become part of the grift. It just become part of the yeah, system. Yeah, I mean that there's all this question about the chip fabs that they're making in the U.S. Maybe, right? Do we even have to talk about the Foxconn Plant in dear sweet Wisconsin?
0: It's just take. But before we go away from just yeah, this whole this whole Web three thing sucked how many developer hours, how many people invested their life and their finances into trying to create Web3 apps while the market was being essentially manipulated by guys like Sam. It was a phony market, and it created this gold rush mentality that developers were drawn to because the app market had been played out, right? That's like I think part of the promise of Web3 was it was supposed to break you free of the tech monopolies. But really, it was a scam. Because the, the tokenomics behind it all, like things like FTX and the FTT token, and the derivatives there, and all of the tra- and some of the you know the trading that FTX was involved in, it 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 created uh, um, this hype bubble that VC's backed that is now completely washed out. Although a lot of them won't admit it to themselves, and there was just a lot of dev- a, a lot of good developers were lost in that process. Like there's there's real impacts here that happen to the market. Like I'm thinking about it from a ramification standpoint, it just makes me so damn angry
1: that all of these people were sort of hoodwinked. Right. Well, I mean, we should jump to our boosters, but you know, it's it, it's the hunt, not just for technology, but more for those sweet, sweet outsized returns. Right. I mean, it, this happened with the app economy. You had the iFund come out, which was just, I mean, really just bubble, you know, inflating. Right, you had my cat throw a rage fit because she did invest in an app, and uh, that did not go well.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. If there was there was a lot of that too. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's
1: it's it's the the problem is there's there's no obvious way right now to make outsized returns that aren't just the normal business cycle of grinding out a profit. Uh, before we uh, jump on uh, to
0: uh, the next topic, and uh, we'll give Mike's cat a second, uh, I have a little public service announcement. It hasn't bit me. I am on Android fourteen. But if you haven't heard yet, there is a bug in Android 14. It was initially initially reported as just affecting the Pixel 6 devices. But then as more reporting has gone on, it appears to really be anything running Android 14 that has the multiple user profile option. There's a bug in there that's essentially filling up the storage or making the system think the storage is full. And so apps begin to crash. You can't take pictures. You can't take screenshots. Can't save messages, right? Because essentially the system thinks it's out of storage. And in some cases has led to a boot loop that ultimately has to be solved by people completely reflashing their Piesel uh, and just starting over and disabling or not using the multiple user profile option. And and, and as unfortunately we've come to expect, Google's initial reaction was lackadaisical and slow, uh, but they have now started to take it seriously uh, and they write, depending on the device, the issue can result in the primary user being unable to access media storage. Alternatively, the issue can reboot the device with a factory data reset message. If this message is accepted, data that is not backed up will be lost. If it is declined, the device will just repeatedly reboot with the pixel is starting message. That's Google's official diagnosis. Wow. Not good. And Android 14 is kind of a, a low-key release as it is. Like you've got customizable lock screen 13 didn't have much going on. I wonder where Google's focus is right now. It's not on Android, right? I mean, not that iOS uh, versions are blowaway releases, but.
1: Sweet, sweet antitrust
0: trial. (laughs) Tailscale.com slash coder. Head on over there to get a free personal account for up to 100 devices. It's a great way to support the show. And that's not like a limited time trial, that's for your account, 100 devices. Tailscale is a simple, secure, Mesh network protected by WireGuard. One of the first things you'll appreciate about TailScale is how quick and simple it is to get started. From the authentication standpoint, from the installation standpoint, it is so slick. Then as you start to use it, there's features that are there, but they don't make it complicated. It's really just as you graduate, as you step up, you'll discover these features. Uh, For me, subnet routing was a game changer. I have an RV in the shop right now. I kind of want to keep an eye on the text and make sure they keep the batteries topped off so my lithium batteries don't get damaged. I've got a Raspberry Pi. It's actually a Pi KVM running Tailscale, and it also is a subnet router, and now I can check on the status of my batteries from anywhere, from El Salvador, from Seattle. I can check and make sure everything's okay. Plus, I know all my photos that I'm backing up while I'm traveling, all my notes, all of that's being sent over Tailscale. It doesn't matter if I'm on airplane Wi-Fi or if I'm, on an Airbnb, Wi-Fi, or a hotel, my confidential personal information, or just my musings at least, are all syncing over Tailscale because all of my services, JB and personal, are on Tailscale. That's how simple it is to do. You can do that really quickly. It's absolutely fantastic for developers looking for some ad hoc networking. You can use the ACL system to securely share certain ports and resources with friends or clients so they can test things. And TailScale Send is sort of like airdrop for all your machines. The value is just unbelievable, especially when you can use it for free for up to 100 devices, and it's a great way to support the show. TailScale really is a next-level networking solution. And for enterprises, you can say goodbye to complicated, expensive proprietary hardware and weird UIs to manage it with ongoing crazy expensive support contracts. Or, man, the systems that try to integrate with a. Authentication backend like Active Directory that just break. Mm, Tailscale makes all of that look so old. It may, I, I hate to say it, guys, but if you're using one of those systems, it makes it look like 1980s networking. Tailscale is that big of a leap. It's pretty great. You're gonna love it for personal, for enterprise, or just for your own shop. Check it out and support the show at tailscale.com/slash coder. I wanted to follow up on the chat control stuff we talked about. It looks like it is becoming law. We'll link to uh, a Verge article on it and a Reddit post that breaks some of it down. It doesn't seem like it's as bad as initially proposed. They backed off on some of the worst things, I think. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't get it, man. This thing's still pretty aggressive. And uh, there was just – I saw no nobody pushing back about this. We didn't really get anybody writing in. The only thing we got was people in the States being like, I don't understand why – Nobody over in the U.K. cares about this online safety bill. What's the matter with them? It's just – I think people are so numb to this crap now. It just doesn't yeah, even register it's just, anymore. It's just like Tuesday, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to follow it, though. I, I, There's something that just smells weird about the whole thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I, might, I not, might not bring it up again, but if you have thoughts on it, boost in or send us a, an email because something seems off to me. I want to thank our members, too. CoderQA.co if you want to sign up. You can support the show. You get an ad-free version of the show. You get the Coderly from us as a thank you. And uh, you also just get the warm and fuzzy knowing that you're helping us make our listener our largest customer. And it's a great way to support the show on an ongoing basis. We are a value-for-value production network, so that means we appreciate your time. Maybe you have some talent you could help contribute. Or your treasure, whichever is the most accessible to you. You can also support the show by boosting – either with a new podcast app at podcastapps.com or just get Albie and use the web. And then you boost from the podcast index or Fountain or whatever you like. And then a portion of that boost, every time you do it, goes to our editor, goes to the Fountain devs, Podverse devs, the network, myself. And it's uh, kind of spread around like that. So thank you, everybody. Ask not what your podcast can boost for you. But what you can boost for your podcast. Now, because we're doing a double, we're actually recording two shows today. I split the boost up. So if you don't hear your big old boost or something like that, uh, make sure you catch the next episode because I am dividing them across the shows. That makes Subway listener our baller this week at 25,000 sats. And he's a first-time booster, too. Thank you, sir, for taking the time. He says, what signal do you guys find in the AI noise? Thanks for the show. I've been listening since the first drink poured out for Sun. <laughs> oh, shit. We have to pour one out now. Poor Duke.
1: I know. You're right. Well, I'll, I got a little coffee right uh, here. I could pour that out. Oh, well, there you go. Signal to pour the noise, them. right? So, yeah, definitely enterprise use, industry-specific stuff. Um, I don't think we're going to see a HAL 9000 or a you know Jarvis a la Iron Man anytime soon. And uh, obviously copious copyright infringement, so that's cool. He really did pour one out. Nice. I do think there is a lot of hype. The
0: signal that I'm seeing is the stuff that I can use today. Like, obviously, I've mentioned it before, but I think stable diffusion and that kind of stuff is is actually pretty useful for stock imagery and whatnot. Um, The other area that I'm kind of jazzed about is Whisper, which is kind of, you know, it's an an outshoot of OpenAI. Um, And also the work being done over at the Home Assistant Project to do open wake word detection and to do transcription through a couple of their projects and then a protocol they're doing to make it all communicate. So they're taking Piper and Whisper and open wake word and they're combining it with this Wyoming protocol and it's a completely self-hostable voice recognition, live transcription system. Uh, And it's using a lot of the more recent stuff that's been open sourced. And I think that's pretty neat. And obviously I think there's going to be All kinds of efficiencies and having chatbots that understand your business or understand, you know, your specific situation. I think that's going to be pretty useful, too. I just don't know if we're there yet. VT comes in with 13,334 sets. He says, you smell that? That is some thick apple-smoked bacon right here. Uh, And he sends us to a story behind the Unity Runtime Fee fiasco. Inside. The whole thing, I think you might have had a chance to review this, Mike. I don't know. I did not have a chance to review this, but uh I guess it's a story of one of Unity's largest clients essentially saying "f you,"
1: we're not paying this, and it made them rethink the whole thing. So maybe it wasn't so much the public blowback. So it, it's interesting though, because this is where we got things right. The kind of the the meat of the story, the 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 pork and the bacon, if you will is that this was all about the uh taking out the app love and ad mediation platform in favor of the recently and very expensively acquired iron source uh I'm sorry iron forge platform that Unity bought. So yeah, that tells you where Unity makes their money. It's more on the ad mediation stuff than on you know, developer royalties. <sighs> which is which is the actual bacon here, right? So He says, by the way,
0: one developer selling point for the Nix package manager is that adding a flake.nix to a project repo defines the build environment. This is huge. CI uses the same tool chain as you. Got a new dev joining, onboarding docs, just tell them how to get and use Nix. New to a tool, update the flake, don't have to harass the team, they get the new version, CI picks up the change when you merge, no updating pipeline definitions. It's amazing this flake stuff i really got to wrap my head around it because if you drop a flake up on a repo then you can point the nix package manager at that and then you can just update your project on you know your on your github repo and then i can just pull that update and install it and manage it with my nix package manager it's it really is some kind of amazing
1: i thought i i just downloaded it via homebrew isn't that how you no.
0: No, whoops. <laughs> I mean, hey, if it works for you, man. <laughs> I had somebody tell us, hey, is actually pretty good on Linux. Nailed it. Not really. I, I thought it was dead on Linux. <laughs> Magnolia Mayhem comes in with one, two, three, four, five sets. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. That's the stupidest combination I ever heard in my life. NASA engineers really are absolutely remarkable, and I always find it funny how those stories about probes always have a very human touch to them, whether it's the dedication of those workers or Curiosity singing itself happy birthday. Also, to the QC process on the things, I was asking last week, like, do they have a replica of the Voyager spacecraft? He says, wouldn't it be true that we could do a a transistor, by transistor simulation of the hardware at this point? They probably have a way of simulating every physical possible scenario on that thing. Not that that would be easy. You might be right, Mayhem. Um, is that still considered an absolute valid test? I mean, when you're talking about something that's been in space for fifty years, almost, like you really want to make sure that update is absolutely going to function the
1: exact way it functioned in test, right? Are you going to make me Rumsfeld you? Do I have to? You don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? So the problem is the unknown unknowns, like. The things in space, you go to update it, and some weird energy blast or whatever solar flare screws up right. the connection. Right, solar radiation update. I, or or more likely to me, um, the next or the current Republican Speaker of the House gets ejected from his seat so hard that his body collides with the actual <laughs> satellite, and you're screwed. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, I had to. I mean, come okay. on, it was, All right. it was. Yeah, no, this is good. So this is the week to do it. This is the week to do it.
0: Hal Right also came in with the Space Balls boost. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. That's the stupidest combination I ever heard in my life. He says, Here's my Space Balls. I love it every time. Nice. We, uh, so I'm splitting these up. So thank you, everybody who boosted in. We're going to stack 76,512 sats. It's a bit of a false egg. So if you want to support the show, boost in and uh, get your message read. You can do it with Albie or with a new podcast app. We'll have links in the show notes. All of that. Now we won't be live next week because I'll be traveling. Mike will be traveling. I'll be outside the country. I'll be in El Salvador. Ooh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gonna be uh I'm gonna be at a conference, but I'll be hosting an open source track at the Adopting Bitcoin conference. So if you're in El Salvador, come say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt that's very many people. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> you don't know that though. You know, you might yeah.
0: Yeah you never know you never know is there anywhere you want to send the uh the good folks before we get out of
1: here uh yeah go to the delta quadrant nobody's visited janeway in a while she seems lonely you know say hello she likes coffee
0: yeah, do we really do we really know if old Janeway is dead, or is she just kicking it in like
1: an abandoned Borg Queen mansion now? She's gonna come back on lower decks as like just an eccentric like, old lady drinking coffee all day. I think you can make it work. I think we can make it work. Uh, find me on Twitter at Dumanuko, even though my entire Twitter feed is for some reason OnlyFans Girls, even though I don't follow any of them, and I don't know what happened to all the <laughs> tech and Linux guys that I used to follow. How do I get that feed, man? Oh. It's not, but they're not the pretty ones. Like it's, it's kind of like the most disappointing accidental porn. My feed is just people freaking out
0: and also celebrating different financial news every five minutes. It's very boring compared to your Oh, I see. I don't, I, I, don't I, I
1: miss that. the financial stuff. Now I get like OnlyFans girls <laughs> and incredibly angry liberals and incredibly angry conservatives. Oh yeah, I get that. But too. that all seem to be the same account. <laughs> Probably is. Right? I mean, hey,
0: AI bots like engagement, too. Well, let's see. I guess uh, check out Coder.show for our links to the contact page, the subscribe, our matrix chat, which is going all week long. Specifically links what we talked about here on this here episode. That's at Coder.show slash 542. That's the magic sauce. Now, we will be back in two weeks live. You're welcome to join us for a live show. We do it at Monday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. There is going to be that daylight savings factor in there. Don't forget that. And, of course, we stream it at jblive.tv. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Coda Radio program. I will see you right back here next week.